Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 Lord, thank you, Lord. Yes, last year, what a mess. Oh, that tea is good. Okay. Play it everyone. I'm about to turn it up. <laughs> Good morning. How y'all doing this morning? Talking to Judah. How y'all doing? Good morning. Oh my gosh. See y'all coming in this morning. Mm, Bless your name. We bless your name. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We lift you up. Father God, we just say thank you. As you're coming in, just take a moment and start praising and thanking him. I know many of you are just waking up or perhaps you're at work. And so, auntie, (laughs) tell me your music woke me up. I'm like, I play this music. Eric, don't start. Tell him to go to sleep. Father God, we thank you. Just take some time and bless his name this morning. Bless his name. Just praise him. Just start thanking him for everything. Talk to him about everything. Just thank him. Thank him for your rug. And I was telling somebody the other day, my God, I had already had always had a heart's desire to have art. I love art. And it just so happened God linked me with an amazing woman of God who's an artist. And so like I have several pieces in her house. And then um, God gave me my own getting teary eyed thinking about how God does things. And then God gave me my own artist and I have his art on my walls. And so, and then someone made characters for us. So I'm sitting here looking around my room and how God just transformed the things and the desires and in my kitchen. And to somebody, art may not mean anything, but it means everything to me. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, you just begin to give me the desires of my heart. And it doesn't matter if it looks like it was slowly or it happened right it happened the fact is that it happened and i'm like my god 
look at just how well you take care of me even when it seems strange and even when i don't understand what's going on and even when i don't have it figured it out i don't have to so just take a moment this morning and um bless his name just thank him <laughs> just give him the praise that he's due just thank him and i know some of you have been in some tough tough situations but if you extend yourself this morning um i'm telling you because your spirit was designed to worship him you'll begin to feel better so just Lord, we bless, we praise you, we magnify you, we glorify you. We thank you, Father God, for just your word, for who you are in your word. We thank you, Father God, for your presence. We thank you, Father God, for your peace, for your joy, for your love, for your faithfulness, Father God. For even when we are not faithful, you are faithful. And we thank you and we bless your name and we praise you and we magnify you and we glorify you and we lift you up, Father God. And we just want to say, Thank you this morning, Lord God. We thank you for our children and thank you for our parents and thank you for our cousins and them. We just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for every opportunity and thank you for Wi-Fi and thank you for gas in our cars, Lord God. And just thank you for our homes, Lord God. We just just wake up and we just in gratitude, Father God, for you are so amazing, Lord God. We just center ourselves in and just say thank you, Father God. We just thank you, Father God. We thank you, Elohim. We thank you, El, El Shaddai. We thank you, Lord God. You are the Lord of hosts that you go before us, Father God. We thank you, Father God. El Elyon, you are the most high God. El Elom, you are the everlasting God. You do not change and you are inexhaustible. We thank you, Yahweh. You are the exist. You are independent. You are self-existent. You're not dependent upon anybody else. You are our redeeming God. You are so faithful, Father God. We thank you, Jehovah Jireh, Father God, for you will provide for your people. My God, we thank you, Jehovah Nisi. Father God, you will give us victory. You will fight for your people. We thank you, Jehovah Shalom, Father God. You are our peace and you give us rest, Father God. My God, thank you for your rest. You are Jehovah Sabaoth, Father God. You are our military. You are the commander of the armies in heaven. You are Jehovah Gabor. You will go to war for us. You are Jehovah K Kadesh, Lord God. You are our sanctifier, Father God. You set us apart for your purpose and for your glory. You are Jehovah Rohi, my God. You are our shepherd. You care for us, Father God. You care for your sheep, Lord God. Lord, you are our righteousness, Lord God. You are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life, Father God. You are our present help. You are Jehovah Shema. You are personal. You are our personal God. You are our personal Jesus. You are Eli Om of Israel of this world, of this age, Father God, you are bigger and better than any other false God. You are Adonai, my God. You are majesty. You are our master. You are our owner. You are our ruler of everything, my God. God, you are God. You are your unique God. You are our Savior. You are the Christ, my God. I thank you, Father God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Father God. We thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We thank you, Father God. I told some of you I've been praying the names of God. I'm trying to stay uh, not familiar, but become intimate with him. And the only... God, the only way you become intimate with God is that you know his character. 
that you know his character, that you know who he is, that you understand him, that you understand his ways, that you become familiar with his ways, that he is Jehovah Shammah, that he becomes your personal God. That he becomes your personal God, not your mama's God, not your grandmother's God, not your sister's God, not your best friend's God, but that he becomes your personal God, that you develop a personal relationship with him, that you understand that he's made you my God, come on, the head and not the tail, that he's made you above and not beneath, that he's made you a lender and not a borrower, that you are his righteousness, and that no matter what you've done in your life, my God, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God, that he is your way maker, Father God, that he's the only person that has the right to critique and condemn you, and he is just everything and all things are under his feet and because all things are under his feet then all things are under your feet you've just got to understand yeah Wanda he's inexhaustible isn't that, isn't that big he's inexhaustible he doesn't give out he doesn't give up as a matter of fact he's looking for you as a matter of fact he'll go after one sheep as a matter of fact his desire is for you to come into the fullness of who you are. And so I familiarize or I'm learning the character of God so that I won't be a skeptic. <laughs> so that I won't I won't be a skeptic. I'm learning the character of God so that I believe and I trust him and I understand his nature and I don't doubt him. And when the winds blow or a new religion blows in or people start talking to me about anything, I'm so familiar with God. Come on now. I'm so familiar with God that it doesn't change a thing. Like there are certain people that I'm connected to that I'm real I'm real firm with their character. Like I'm real firm. If somebody came and told me they said something about me, I wouldn't believe it. Why? Because their character has been consistent. He's a consistent guy. He's a consistent guy. He's faithful. He's just. He's a God of justice. My God, you have to know. You need to know him. You need to become intimate. You need to become personal with him so that skepticism um can't come in, can't rule over. Um, let me pray for you today and let's get started. I'm praying for your rest today. My God, my God, I'm praying for your rest today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, he maketh me lie down by green pastures. And, and I'm not, people try to do this forceful, God's gonna make you lay down. God is free, moral, will, um, he can provide you rest and you not take it. And then people will say, well, he'll afflict you to cause you rest. And if you don't know the character of God, you'll think this is true. God doesn't have to put sickness on you to cause you to rest. Sickness comes in from all kinds of other things. His type of chastisement looks a little different but if you don't know his character if you don't know his name you'll start saying things that people have told you over the years you'll start saying things you'll start blaming and judging god and putting these things on god and saying these things were of god when they could have came from agents of this world and they could have came from the enemy and they came could have came from a generational curse and something in your bloodline and they could have came from unforgiveness it's so much of a bigger picture here but because we don't know him personal and we don't have we have a lot of head knowledge and we don't have heart knowledge then skepticism sets in 
in and when skepticism sets in and somebody introduces a new theory or a new idea, we'll hold on to those things instead, instead of holding on to the truth of God. Come on now, that's a word right there. Instead of holding on to the truth of God. So people start making up and stuff. And, well, the Bible was written by a man and they'll take away the divineness of God's word. And then they'll start telling you or making you think differently about Jesus. See, the enemy loves for skepticism to come in. And the only way that skepticism comes in is when you're not sure of what the word of God says. When you mix the things of this world to the things of God, when you don't understand the supernatural versus the natural, your natural inclination, the things you've been exposed to, come on, my God, this is a word from somebody. The natural inclination the things that you've been exposed to will lean you towards a certain direction. And the reason that they will lean you in a certain direction is because it's comfortable for you. It's comfortable for you. It's more comfortable for you to operate in the natural than it is in the supernatural because the supernatural is going to require you to get outside your flesh. It's going to require you to believe something that you may cannot even touch. My, my, What a word for the ages. What a word for the ages. And so the enemy tries to continuously position you or put you in a position and can I tell you something? The reason that I'm praying for your rest is because you have to learn how to rest. We're busy. This, this society has taught us to be fast. This society has taught us to be busy. This, this society has taught us to move around. This, this society has taught us to do something. And our apostle said something very significant in Bible study. He said last night, he said, some of y'all just need to rest. He says, some of y'all just need to rest. Some of y'all just need to rest. Some of y'all think it's more about doing and shaking and networking. And I just need you to get in a position of rest so that you can hear from me. And you can't hear my voice. My God, you can't hear my voice because you're not familiar with me. And you don't understand that I love quiet, still, and small places. I this a word for somebody. So I am praying this morning for your rest. And I thank you, Lord God, for divine rest. I thank you, Father God, that we are seated in your rest and that we will not, Father God, we will not, we will not move quickly. We cancel the assignment of the enemy off this day, off this devotional. And we thank you, Father God, for your rest. We thank you for there is purpose in your rest. We thank you that your glory is in your rest. We thank you, Father God, that we were not subject to the diseases of the ages, Father God, but that we will learn to rest in you, that we will learn to trust you. My God, we thank you, Father God, and plead the blood of Jesus over this devotional, every mind, every person that comes in contact with it. We thank you, Father God, for your word this morning and that you are giving us rest and that we will trust you and that we will be seated and we will be focused in your word and nothing else. We thank you, Father God, for your glory. We thank you, Father God, for your peace. We thank you for your joy. We thank you, Father God, for a fresh anointing, one that destroys the yokes of bondage, of sickness and disease. My God, no more mental ascent, Lord God. We will trust you like never before. We will stay steadfast. We will honor your word of rest, Lord God. It's not about our doing. It's about your rest, Father God. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, uh, the Lord will cause you to rest, but his cause you to rest is different. He requires you to rest. Uh, when people tell me they're not, I sleep good. I sleep really good. When people tell me they are not getting enough rest, I know that rest
will have you discombobulated. I know that rest, lack of rest will have you thrown off. I know that you, if you are in constant motion and doing, sometimes I do absolutely nothing on the weekends and don't ask me to do anything on the weekends either. Like don't ask me sometimes. Sometimes I do absolutely nothing. I just sit still. I'm not moving or shaking. Anytime someone starts talking to me about finance problems, it's probably because they're not resting. Because when you get still enough, God will begin to talk to you about your finances. God will be able to talk to you about your marriage. God will be able to talk to you about your kids. God will be able to be present with you in every situation. But if you don't know how to rest, then you will continuously move. Can I tell you something else? A lack of rest or a sign that you can't rest is often a sign that you don't trust God. That's why he gave us the Sabbath. The Sabbath wasn't just about us going to church. Um, the Sabbath was us, uh, uh, about us learning to trust God. If you feel like you always got to be moving, shaking, and doing, you got to check what your motive's about. You got to check why am I doing this? You got to check about why am I involved in this? Why am I always constantly on the go? I don't know who this is for. Why am I always feeling like I got to be a mover, a shaker, connected to something? If you're spending more time with people than you are with God, you probably need to check check about check what's going wrong on around you and i know some of you are like well i gotta work that's fine but what does your evenings look like and then i connected to your family time with your family there are so many other things that's connected to this that i could go on and on thank you for that renee thank you for that thank you somebody just on instagram said this is for me so you got to learn how to rest in the things of god you got to learn how to rest so you can become familiar with who he is and who he's supposed to be so i want to talk to you just a little bit this morning about the skeptic um, skepticism and what skepticism is and what skepticism does for you and how skepticism will hinder you. Um, and we have been in a season in which our world introduces more things to us because it's trying to get us outside our purpose. See, most of us, uh, I purpose coach. I don't, uh, I used to think I was a life strategist and all this other stuff. And God is like, nope, I created something innately in you to help you push people into their purpose so that they understand why I put him on earth. The very first thing is you're here, you're, you're here and you're sent and you're designed to be disciples. You're here to share the word of God so that people People can get saved. My God, I thank you for this. The problem is the, those of us that are saved don't look as saved or aren't acting as saved as we should, right? Or we're not as connected to Christ as we should, but we can work through that. that, that that's not the ultimate problem. Skep I need to talk to you about the skeptic because what an ex a skeptic does, or when you're skeptic in a particular area in your life, or when you don't trust God in a particular area in your life, then what happens is that you ain't got to be a full skeptic. What happens is doubt comes in, then you become double-minded, then you begin to begin to trust in other things outside of God, and then don't let somebody else do what you're doing, and it looks like they're being successful, then you're going to take that and say that this has got to be the truth. So a skeptic is a person inclined to question or doubt my god the accepted truth and we're not talking about somebody's opinions we're talking about the word of god so when you're a skeptic 
you doubt the truth of Christianity. You doubt whether or not this is real. You doubt whether or not God is real. You always questioning the things of God. You won't allow the spirit to minister to you. You deny the possibility that God can heal you. You deny the possibility that God can go before you. You deny the possibility that God is God, that God is God. And you start questioning the things of God because you don't understand or not for familiar with God. One of the things we've been learning, the only way that you're going to have faith, the only way that you're going to have believe is that you spend enough time with God to experience God. I need to share a story with you. Um, and I gave some of my testimony yesterday. If you missed my testimony yesterday, you can go back. It's on second part of the video. The video was acting crazy yesterday. I gave part of my testimony, but I need to share a story with you so that you understand. Um, I know for a fact, my aunt is on Instagram, that the hand of God has been on my life since I was a little girl. I've always been very different. I've always been very strange. Um, I've always been very alienated. Uh, I was bullied young. I've always been very isolated. I read very early. I just always been a very, very different little girl. I've just always been very attracted to my aunts and my uncles. I wanted to be up under them. I loved my cousins, but I always wanted to be with the older people in my family. I went everywhere my grandmother went. Like I stay connected, but God would demonstrate himself to me continuously. One time I was being very foolish. I think I was in my early twenties and some friends and I, friends of ours were coming from Louisiana and we had been kicking it and we were speeding and we were driving. And I will never forget this because this came up the other day and God reminded me the hand of God has been in my life always. And I was driving and I made a decision to pass someone on the wrong side of the road. And I was reminded of this dream the other day as I was passing the person on the wrong side of the road, on the side you shouldn't pass on because I was being impatient. There was an 18-wheeler truck coming. Um, there was another car there. And I slipped on some rocks and my car began to spin out. I'm telling you without a doubt, I'm telling you without a doubt that God's hand was on my life. There is no way the 18-wheeler should not have hit my car, my little Mazda, and tore my car up and killed all of us instantly. But the hand of God moved, flipped the car around, set the car down in the grass, and we were never touched. And as I was looking, the 18-wheeler was passing. There was no way that this truck shouldn't have hit me. Well, for somebody who doesn't understand how God meant, they would say it's a luck. Come on now. They would say it was chance. It was happenstance. No, it was the hand of God in my life. It was the hand of God in my life. And if you'll begin to think back, if you'll get more quiet, if you'll get more still, you'll begin to understand that the hand of God has been in your life all along. But because people have taught us to be skeptic, people have taught us not to believe the truth, people have taught us not to trust God because we haven't experienced things ourselves, we don't think that they're real when they're actually real. The, the, the supernatural is real. And because we haven't, yeah, that's good. Luck and God don't go together. Luck and God don't go together. They don't. And because we haven't experienced God at that capacity, we'll think that God isn't. But if you'll step back and begin to look, the hand of God has been um, has been in your life, the case for Christ. So let me go back to this because I need to tell you this. 
about your purpose. The enemy is coming for your purpose. And the reason that he's coming for your purpose is because he doesn't want to be influ you to be influential in the places that he wants you or needs you to be influential in. He wants you to be, he doesn't want you to be set apart. He doesn't want you to be holy. He doesn't want you to be focused on God. That's why sometimes when people start talking to me about adding more things to their plate or more business, and I start out by saying, just become familiar with God. Like just make the Christ the case for Christ. Just become so sold out on who God is in this season and watch what God will do for you. So so I needed to share that story with you because at that point in my life, I didn't understand God. God, God brought that up the other day because somebody was driving on the highway and he said, I've always did. My hand has always been in your life. My hand has always been in your life. My hand has always been in your life. I've always been there for you. I've always been the one. It wasn't your mom then providing for you. It wasn't your jobs providing for you. Even when you were doing things that were not in alignment with my work, I've always been there for you. But skepticism will make you think that God can't heal you. Skepticism will make you think that God can't provide for you. It's because you don't trust the word. You don't trust the nature of God. You don't trust God. You don't understand why the enemy applies so much pressure on you. I don't care if you were just called to the world of banking and you don't think it's significant. The enemy will apply pressure on you in banking. He's coming for your character. He's coming for your integrity. He's going to come for your marriage. He's going to disrupt everything around you because he knows if you grasp a hold of your righteousness and if you grasp a hold of your purpose and you understand who you are, then God will begin to do something significant in you. He also knows that if you're double-minded in one thing, you'll become double-minded in another. James 1, 7 and 8 says, so don't say you believe, then turn and walk away from a... I'm sorry. James 1, 7 and 8 says, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and you will not receive anything from God when you're double-minded. He knows that if you become double-minded, you're not going to receive absolutely anything from God. He knows that. He knows that. That's why he wants you to be a skeptic. That's why he wants you to think the word is not working. That's why he wants you. Can I tell you something? How do skeptics will model their lives after, come on, come on, Holy Ghost. Skeptics will model their lives after other people versus modeling their lives after the word of God. That's what skepticism will have you in this space of aspiring to be like someone else instead of aspiring to be like Jesus. That's what it is. It'll, have, it'll tell you it doesn't take all that. It'll tell you, somebody was telling me the other day, they were like, well, what about just good moral people? Like you, you, you're, I'm like, Christ is the way still. And God requires more of us. And for those of us that are teachers, God requires more. It's just what the word says. Like, it's funny sometimes because we try to live outside the word, think it's not necessary, but we want the Lord to bless us, but he wants the Lord to heal us, but we don't want the Lord to de develop our character our, and our nature. And if we're going to become everything that we're supposed to be in Christ, then he has to develop our character and our nature. And so he's been coming for your purpose. He's been coming so that you won't be influential on your mountain. He's been coming. So if you're, say you're a beautician, um, he wants you to be so off course. He wants your salon to be so chaptastic. He wants it to appeal to the world. He doesn't want it to appeal for Christ. And so we'll be trying to make a case for Christ, but compromising. We'll be trying to make a case for Christ, but we'll be compromising. 
And I want to read this. This is First Peter 2 and 21. It says, For God called you to do good, even it means suffering, just as Christ suffered. For he is your example, and you must follow him in his steps. He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd and he becomes the guardian of your soul. God desires to be the guardian of your soul, but he's, he, he, he doesn't harass us or put us in a position and stronghold us or do like some religions do and say, choose this or death. He believes in free will. God desires you to wants you to desire to be in a relationship with him. He wants you to choose him above everything else. He wants you to choose him above everything else. He doesn't want you to have false idols. And that's why I'm, I'm telling you, skepticism is sent so that you won't trust God when the pressure is on and things will come like, well, if he's a good and a loving God, why are you suffering? Well, the word already told us why we suffer. Suffering comes so it produces patience. Suffering comes so that we begin to deal with our fleshly places and become, begin to become more confident in the word and set our mind. Suffering also comes because we've done things we ain't got no business. Suffering comes because we handle things on our own. Suffering comes because we won't trust the word. Suffering comes sometimes because there are some generational curses and things that were never explained to us because those were never explained to us. We're still operating in those things. Suffering comes. But when we suffer, just as Christ suffered, God is going to become the guardian of your soul and he's going to do it. God wants you to choose him. You don't want to be in a relationship with nobody. Um, you don't want nobody, want nobody being in a relationship with nobody and you got to force them to be in a relationship with you. God wants you to be willing. He wants you to be loving. I posted something on the LMJ Ministries wall the other day. I said, Jesus did not come. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't coming so you could hide your sin because a lot we've been taught by sin teaches us to hide our sin from Jesus. Jesus didn't come. He came so you could expose your sin so that you could confess your faults one to another so that you can get redeemed, so that you can have some accountability. And so God could put you in a position, right? God could put you, put, put you in a position. And so you got to do them. Uh, you also have to make some choice and, and some choosing. We give more... Um, we in so much mental ascent about things, we don't even realize it. We've so overthought the things of God. The word is simple. It's not over complicated. It's not, it's not over complicated. You have the authority over strongholds. Sometimes we will submit to the stronghold instead of submitting, letting the submit, the stronghold submit to us. Uh, when you start hearing Satan talk to you, how long do you allow him to talk to you? How long do you allow him to speak in your ear? How long do you allow him to discourage your faith, to believe that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life? Like immediately when he starts talking to you, you have to do something about it. Hebrews 10 and 38 says, have a righteous person will live by faith. Um, Mark 11 and 22 says, have faith in God. And then it is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews 11 and 6. I want to read this to you before we get out of here. 
And I, want, I just wanted to share that with you this morning about being a skeptic, skepticism, choosing to believe other things before Christ, overthinking this thing, not slowing down, not spending more time with him. Um, so, and then some of y'all might just need a deliverance. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real. Some of y'all might just need a deliverance, especially if you keep going back being entangled in some of the same things that you've been entangled in. If you submit yourself back to the sin, if you... Um, if you don't become master over it, um, it's not enough for you just to have the word and you're not applying the word. It's not enough for you to have mental stand and you can quote scriptures and you can do all of this other stuff, but you're not applying the word to your life. You're not living the word. You can tell me what the word is, but the word, if the word is not reflective in your life, it's something wrong. If the word is not reflective in your life, then you got to go back and try, try, try what kind of soil you're living on when you get the word. You got to check. That's why the scripture tells you to judge yourself. This Can I tell you something? Your study life, unless God is calling you in to teach or preach and be the example, is for you to work on yourself first. So I want to read you this. Um, remember, we were at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus has healed the lame man. They really trying to caught him up, catch him up. Even though these are religious people who know Christ who's coming, they know what the scrolls have said. They are still skeptics. Because if they were not skeptics, they were not, would not be trying to charge Jesus. But we also know it's a setup. It says, so the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father. Thereby, thereby making himself equal with God. That's why people have a hard time when you start talking righteousness. Right. We're not supposed to be as sin conscious as we are. We're supposed to be righteous conscious. And probably part of the problem is we start, oh, I'm still sinning. Oh, I'm still struggling. Oh, I got this strong stronghold. And we are focused so much on those strongholds that we're not tapping into our righteousness and tapping into the word. If you want to overcome the stronghold, focus on what the word says. <laughs> focus on what the word says. Um, and then again, some of y'all know who this was. Some of y'all just need a deliverance. It says, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing his this man. Then you will truly be astonished. For just as the father gives life to those he raises from the dead, put a pin in that, the father gives life to those he, he raises for the dead. There's something else to that. So the son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the father judges no one. Instead, he gives the son absolute the son just as they honor the father anyone who does not honor the son is certainly not honoring the father that sent him this is the 24th it's john 5th and the 24th i tell you the truth those who listen to my message and believe in god who sent me have eternal life they will never be condemned for their sins but they've already passed from death to life the word is going to help you pass from death to life the word is going to help you pass from death. We've been in this grave robber series. The word is going to help you pass, pass from death to life. It's going to help you pass from death 
to life. Yep, Paula Williams just gave my thing two scriptures three times a day. And you may have to rest in those two scriptures for a long time until a break or until you get the reality and choose to believe and you're no longer a skeptic in that area. I think we all experience some point of skepticism in some things when we when we don't know how to trust God in that particular area. And the reason we don't know how to trust God in that particular area is because it's more mental ascent than it is revelation. He says, um, it says, and I assure you the time is coming indeed. It is here now when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the son of God and those who listen. I need to say this again. Those who listen will live. The father has life in himself and he has granted that same life giving power to his son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the son of man. Don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son and they will rise again. Those who have gone good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me and not my own will. That within itself is enough. So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so if there are areas that you keep cycling back from, and I'm going to show you something very powerful tomorrow. We're going to go back to the scripture in Matthew when Jesus was written, uh, resisting the devil. Um, there, there is If there's areas in your life and you keep cycling back in these same areas, you've got to put more word on it. And it's not a feeling, it's by faith. And you can't afford to be skeptic. You can't afford to keep talking your problem. You can't afford to even, some of y'all can't even afford to keep trying to solve everybody else's problems. Right now you need to get your own problems solved so that you can be effective. You need to get your own faith built up so that you can be um, effective. So you can't afford to talk them the problem. Um, you got to be a absent of the solution. You got to understand and lay hold of or take away and understand what Christ. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You've got to put more word on it. You've got to have confidence in the word. You got to believe what you say. You got to say, I believe it. <laughs> you got to say, I have it. You got to yeah, that's, that's, that's good, Candace. I appreciate you, woman of God. If you need us to pray for you, we're standing in the gap. But you're going to have to make some conscious decision that you're going to put the word on it and you're not going to rely. But can I tell you something? You're going to understand this more in your rest. You're going to understand that when you slow down. Um, this is a word for someone. If your finances are broken, slow down. Make, make, like, don't spend no more money. Sit and ask the Lord to show you how to put your finances together. He did it for me the other day. I was like, show me how to spend the way that you want me to spend, that I'm not emotionally spending. If I don't have it, that I'm not spending outside my will. The same thing is if your marriage is broken, ask the Lord to show you how to put your marriage back together. The enemy came for your marriage because he wanted you outside the will of God, because he wanted you frustrated. He wanted you upset. Um, he wanted you to feel like God couldn't save, restore, heal, and deal with your marriage and thinking that the situations or the problems in your marriage were way bigger than God. Well, the situations and the problems in your marriage are not way bigger than God. They're not, they're not way bigger than God. God can do absolutely anything. Sometimes you just have to you have to believe and you have to stay. Isaiah 119 says, if you are willing and obedient, <laughs> you shall eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the little land. But you got to deal with your skepticism and where you've been. And you got to, when you've been repent, 
skeptic of things of Christ, you, you need to be like, Lord, forgive me for not trusting in you and believing you in this situation. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's do our confession and let's get out of here. You got to get your Bill Winston confession in. You got to believe and trust God. You got to be the apple of his eye. You got to understand that you are his righteousness, that he is loving you. He's looking for you. And God determines to restore about it's about becoming more um um more seated in who he is more understanding his character and that is not mental ascent some of y'all just need to be quiet <laughs> just be quiet stop talking so much stop always feeling like you got a point or a case i had to learn how to be quiet now i say very little i used to say a whole lot a lot of times when people will message me or say certain things to me i speak because i know my father is telling me to speak i'm learning to do that a lot now and then a lot of times i just get quiet because i know especially when the lord has given me wisdom for something it's like just me be quiet, get quiet. Some of y'all still talking too much. You can't hear God because you're the one still talking and you're not familiar with his voice <laughs> and you're not familiar with his voice. So your voice will begin to sound like his and then you'll trust something of the Antichrist or you'll trust the wisdom of somebody who ain't even wise in the word. Who ain't even wise in the word, who's not applying what they're trying to tell you to their own life. <laughs> that you're not applying, tell, tell, tell it in your own life in your own life so we thank the holy spirit for this today we thank him for his word today i thank you for your people i thank you they will get rest i thank you they're gonna trust you i thank you father god that they're not going to trust in themselves father god i thank you father god for a favor working in their life in this in the name of jesus i decree from this moment forward i see myself the way god sees me i'm highly favored of the lord i'm crowned with glory and honor i'm the righteous of god in christ jesus i'm reigning as a king in life through the one man jesus christ the messiah in jesus name i declare by faith that i walk in divine favor at preferential treatment supernatural increase restoration promises petitions granted laws change policies and rules change and battles won which i do not have to fight all because of the blessing and favor of God on my life. In Jesus' name, every morning when I rise, I will speak and expect divine favor to go before me and surround me as a shield with goodwill and pleasures forevermore. Doors are now open for me that men have said are impossible to open. No obstacle can stop me and no hindrance can delay me. In Jesus' name, I'm honored by my Father as I receive genuine favor that comes directly from God. I'm special to him. I'm the object of his affection. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm blessed and highly favor the Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Let me tell you something. The Lord was speaking to me this to me as I was confessing. Corporate prayer, corporate anointing, the corporate fellowship that we're doing in morning. Don't you give up on it. It's working. It's working. When we corporately confess, when we corporately pray, I'm telling you, don't you give up on it. It is working. There is something. See, can I tell you something? When you get outside the fold, when you get outside the flock, the enemy is going to pick you off. He's going to isolate you. I did a video on isolation is a trick of the enemy. He wants you isolated. He doesn't want you committed. He doesn't want you connected because he doesn't want you to walk into the, he doesn't want you to disciple the people that you're supposed to disciple and the people that you're supposed to lead towards him. He doesn't want you faithful to your marriage. He don't want you faithful to tithing. He don't want you faithful to the kingdom. And so this, what you've been doing every morning is so significant because there's a corporate anointing. There's a corporate flow here and it's yielding you and it's putting a wedge. 
a hedge of protection around you. So don't you think you getting up in the morning is not working for you. It's working for you. It's not just you getting here to be connected to LMJ. It's you being here to connect to the corporate anointing. So stay faithful, stay diligent, stay dedicated. Ask the Lord to give you revelation for this word daily. Ask him to show you about it. Go back and chew on it. Eat on it at work. Meditate on it. Meditate it in the daytime. Meditate it at night. Take the word that he gave us for this day. Apply. Ask the Lord to show you how to apply it. Ask him to show you the areas in which you're being accepted right? And let him empower you through the word. And I promise you, God is going to do something very significant for you. But stay, there's a, I'm telling you, he told me that he said, there's a corporate anointing here. There's a corporate thing we're doing. There's something very divine that we're doing here. So stay steadfast. If you can't catch it in the morning, you oversleep, go get it on the YouTube channel or come back and replay it. There's something that he's doing for us significantly and corporately. And we thank him for the hedge, for this corporate anointing. Yeah, y'all. And for what he's doing for us. Now, don't beat yourself up if you miss. Just come back and catch it. Keep you a, a coffee and conversations journal right in it. Take notes. Put the notes in your phone. You're going to see that God has been building the case of Christ, that he's been strengthening you. And you're going to see God's hand in your life over time. I promise you. It's power in corporate prayer, but it's a power in corporate anointing and fellowship and worship. I love y'all so much. I love you more than you know. I promise I do. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go be loved today. I need you to go be loved. Let someone else experience the love of God. Somebody doesn't even know that God loves them. I'm just telling you, God told me to do something for somebody the other day. And I would have thought that if we judge people by what we think we say. And so I did something for them. And she said, thank you. I needed to know God sees me. My God. And I was like, my God. So if we will allow ourselves to be led by God, <laughs> if we will allow ourselves to be led by God, we will impact someone's life greatly. So go be loved today. Why? Because it's kingdom, baby. And I'll see you guys back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Love. Peace and blessings. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.